You're listening to the Laugh Button Podcast on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. Time once again for another episode of the Laugh Button Podcast right here on the Riotcast Network. I'm Mark Seaman. He's Matt Kleinschmidt. Together, we are the Laugh Button Podcast. And be sure to go to riotcast.com as well to check out all of our friends and family and additional shows that said network provides for you and for me. What's up, Matt? How you doing? I know. Just your Riotcast plug is awesome. Dude, I love Riotcast. It's my boys. Bobby are going to love it. Those are my boys, man. Yeah, speaking of Bobby, we just saw Bobby. We did. We saw him out in the the streets of New York City along with his castmates from Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> That's how it's pronounced, right? Yeah, sex and drugs and rock and roll. <laughs> On F and X. Yes, exactly. Uh, it just premiered last week. I don't know if you caught uh, this the new episode yet. It's but. sitting nice and pretty on my DVR. In fact, I'll be watching it first thing when I get home tonight. I'm very excited. Love seeing Bobby play the drums. He's getting better and better. Because <laughs> you're a drummer. That's right. I'm a drummer, and he's getting better and better, and he, he does all of his live drumming stunts, yeah. and I respect that. He does all his own drumming stunts. Yes. I love it when, when people who play musicians on shows play their instrument. Two things Love about that. Yes. First of all, if you listen to the episode where he interviews the cast, he yells at me at the end of the episode. It's like, Matt, what are you hiding over there for? Because full disclosure, we tape out of the same studio as Bobby mm-hmm. does sometimes. And full disclosure. Full disclosure. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if that's... Secrets a, revealed. I don't know if the secrets are revealed. Don't pull that curtain back too far. I don't know. Um, so we he was taping on the day that we usually tape. So we just kind of right. we, we crashed into each other. And uh, we were just kind of up there waiting for him to, to wrap up. Just kind of... We're not, we weren't Dave Matthews banding it. Um, but we were just hanging out, and uh, you know, he's like, "What are you doing over there?" I'm like, "I'm just waiting for you to end, dude." Like, I don't know what to tell you. So you hear him go, "Like, Matt, why are you hiding?" Yeah, he takes a long time to sign off. I'll say that. Yeah, like they he end did the, the like, show. "Hey guys, we gotta get out of here," and then 15 more minutes <laughs> pass. That's actually a running joke on the show. It's like yeah. it takes us a half hour to end this show. So, yeah. So shout out to Bobby. Shout out to Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll. Also, second thing about that, great article in Uprocks that came out today about. How television can't do music, right? Music TV shows, and it talks about in particularly three shows that are currently. Let me on guess them. Let me guess them. Okay, what do you got? Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll. Correct. Roadies. Correct. And the third one, it's got to be vinyl. It's vinyl, which got canceled. Which got canceled. But it basically talks about how those two shows, Roadies, it leaves the the, the writer lacking. Vinyl was a terrible train wreck, and then Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll is actually very fun. I, I think it's ironic that it, they didn't it, mention so, MTV. Uh, because they've been well, doing I, music I, wrong for twenty years. The part of the article was like current television and right. how it handles music, and uh, it actually gave some really great dap to Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll. While it basically took a pee on vinyl and send roadies was just kind of like uh, roadies is fun, man. Did you watch it? The whole gist of the, uh, no, I didn't. But the I whole like gist it. of the article is basically like this is like you know this. There's no conflict. This is just people like you know. It's, I think they felt it was a little too feel good. And what they liked about Sex Drugs was they saw like the first five episodes. And one of the major differences on this week, this year, season versus last season, is they brought in a different, uh, not a different, but another writer mm-hmm. who was a female writer who wrote specifically for, for like the Liz, two main female yeah. leads, Liz Gillies and uh, Lena Hendricks. Um, and like basically, they really like they amplified that story this this season. And uh, that writer, they gave a lot of Dennis Leary in interviews has given him a lot, given that writer a lot of credit for that storyline. So they're talking about how. It became, it's fun because it's a fun show and it doesn't take itself too seriously and people are goofing off about shit. So. Well, hopefully it sticks around. Yeah. Uh, currently in season two, hopefully we can get to season 10 with that show. Yeah, man. All right, uh, big show. He needs a boat. <laughs> he needs a boat. He needs a boat. <laughs> he needs a boat, man. All right, uh, the big show, big episode of the podcast. Very mm-hmm. excited. Our, our special guest interview today is Scott Armstrong and that's Scott with one T. Uh, Scott Armstrong, you might know as the man behind uh, huge comedies uh, such as the new movie Search Party, which finally yeah. came out. Stars T.J. Miller, Thomas Middleditch, Adam Pally, J.B. Smoove. And and while I was watching this movie, I was uh, I was tweeting at J.B. and he reacted. So then we got into a conversation, and I'm like every two minutes, I'm hitting him up with like another quote from the movie, and he's just like, yeah. <laughs> J.B.'s a fan. Yeah, he's great. Uh, Hangover Part Two, Old School Road Trip. Uh, he did the new Dice Show for Showtime. Oh, that's a great show. Uh, Semi Pro, Starsky and Hutch. I mean, this guy. So like all of the movies from like the late '90s through like current 
Yes. Okay. All the comedies that you know and love. This guy is responsible for writing those. And this movie, Search Party, which just became available uh, on Blu-ray and was on demand for a while, um, is his directorial debut. Okay. So he also directed this thing. And uh, he made it back in 2014, but it didn't see the light of day until now. And everybody that's in this movie is a huge star now. They're well, all that might be why. big time that in comedy. Why. You always see that, yeah. like, you know... Uh, uh, there's a, there's always examples of like someone blows up and then like they they'll put like their original show like Catherine Heigl that she like made one of the the worst shows ever uh, the worst movies ever called Zizix oh yeah that, totally don't that know that one at all yeah, yeah, yeah. she <laughs> made that movie that? it made like ten dollars in the movie theater but then like she got big on Grey's Anatomy like oh all of a sudden she's in it wait Catherine Heigl Catherine Heigl she did another Jennifer movie Jennifer Lawrence there's there's one hundred girls you ever see one hundred girls no. Catherine Heigl was in that too. That was before she there, blew up. There's a million examples of people yeah. that like you know, or I've seen movies where it's like literally someone had blown up from like a because of they're on a TV show, and they're in this movie, but they're in the movie for like five minutes. Yeah, and like they're yeah. Top billing on the top of it. So. Melissa McCarthy in the movie Go. Do you remember? Do you remember she that? She wasn't Go. Yeah. She plays the sister or something like. She uh, played this, the roommate of like yeah the roommate of like was it the Jay Morgan character or Scott Foley? They 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 play two gay gentlemen in that movie. Yeah. And it's uh, the roommate of one of those two. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, two of the characters come knocking on the door, yeah, and there's yeah, yeah. Melissa, a young Melissa McCarthy, yeah, man. Yeah. And she, she crushes. She totally steals the scene. And you go back and you watch that movie, you, you don't remember it. Because that movie's movie. pretty old now. Uh, they, 2001, two, yeah, something, something like that. Yeah, like that. was in college when it came out. Right. And you go back and you watch just that scene. Just type in Melissa McCarthy, go into yeah. YouTube, and you're like, oh my God. She's like, of course she's huge. She's yeah. amazing. Like, she's also in yeah. Gilmore Girls, dude. I didn't, I didn't yeah. see that. Yeah, wow. Melissa McCarthy and Gilmore It's one of your shows, man. It's one of your I shows. Know, no, it's not really one of my shows. I think it's one of your shows. Yeah, shows. I'm sure it is. Yeah, dude. All right. Well, anyway, uh, Scott Armstrong has joined us on the podcast. Very funny interview. Uh, he's, he's a great dude. And, um, and he teases us with a very special project where he has to fly overseas to meet a guy about some puppets. So he's going to fill you in. Um, <laughs> is he bringing Avenue Q to the big screen? I don't know what's <laughs> going on, but he literally, well, you'll listen to the interview. But but this guy studied under Del Close, which is crazy. Watch that documentary on CISO if you haven't yet. Yeah. Thank you, Del Close. Uh, it's a doc about the Del Close Marathon, which just came and went here in New York City. You did a nice uh, recap from that. Yeah, and then... Uh, he talks about all the UCB people he shared the state, which like, like his class is like every single major person that's ever come out of UCB. That's of like his class. Yeah, It's nuts. So he'll tell you all about it. And uh, let's get to some listener feedback, Matt. You want to uh, take care of business yeah, here? Yeah, we... Uh, Facebook action? We got, I don't want to say we got into a debate, but we got into a conversation about uh, Jessica Williams off The Daily Show this week. Her mm-hmm. last day was this past Thursday. She, uh, she left. Uh, as many people know, Jessica Williams is... I want to say, other than Jordan Klepper and Lewis Black, when he drops in every once in a while, the last remnants of the John Stewart era. Hassan Minaj. Hassan Minaj, yes. Yep. So she's one of three correspondents mm-hmm. that were left that came over when John Stewart left, and she left this week. This week, her last day was Thursday night, and she they they did you know the send off of like, hey Jessica, you're great. Here's a clip of some of your favorites, your best work, and all that kind of stuff. And Jessica Williams. She's good for a couple reasons. One, she was the youngest correspondent ever on the show. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's 24 and she's leaving. 26 and she's leaving. She was 19 when she started. Something, Something like crazy that. Crazy like she that. She was super young. She's Pulling been on the an show. Eddie Murphy. Maybe she was 24 when she joined the show, but okay. she's super young. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's already going off to like write another show for Comedy Central. Mm-hmm. So like, she's still in the Comedy Central ecosystem. Um, but a lot of people are like, kind of like wondering if her departure was a amicable one. Mm-hmm. Which I think is very weird because like, and it's all traced back to like one freaking sentence said in an article somewhere. Someone quoted that and basically saying like, basically someone asked her about like how different is it with Trevor's regime and John Stewart's regime, and she said something like, "Oh, you know, I think you know the John Stewart is alive and well with a lot of people like Samantha Bee's killing it and John Oliver's killing it and Trevor's killing it." Right. So that's basically the gist of her sentence. And someone like took umbrage with that because she mentions Trevor last versus the other two, and it's like someone it, like almost like a shot at Jessica Williams, t- like oh my god, this is Jessica Williams like taking an undermining shot at Trevor Noah, and whether that's true or not, we'll never know the answer yeah, t- to. Well, first but it's of all, such a fucking weird thing to the get first upset two about. examples work directly with John Stewart. One hundred percent. Trevor Noah did not. <laughs> yeah. He took a, like of course that's the order I would have put them in. 
<laughs> Listen, it's dude, ridiculous. I, I'm just telling you what the internet, yeah. the old ultranet, got upset about this past week. But uh, but yeah, so actually some of our, some some listener feedback, basically some uh, some reader feedback. Mark Siebert, and he actually commented this on our Facebook page, mm-hmm. uh, Facebook.com/slash the Laugh Button. Uh, he thinks Jessica's great. Roy Wood Jr., our our boy, he loves Roy Wood Jr. I love Roy too. You went to the Mets game with Roy this weekend because you're both oh, Cubs fans. How dare you call it the Mets game? It's the Cubs game. Well, listen, the Cubs need to win one of those games for it to be yeah, considered that's true. a Cubs game. They got swept for Yeah, games. you guys got down and, and, and you. Well, we up, made it on TV, man. Yeah, you made it on TV. MLB. Goofing off during the rain delay. It's great. Um, he basically was saying, like, you know, what do we think of Trevor Noah? Personally, he thinks John Stewart's are too big for him to fill. He uh, knows Comedy Central tried a lot of people, uh, but they turned it down. But the guy just doesn't make him laugh. It's weird to say. First of all, everyone's like, well, why didn't they offer John Oliver or Samantha B or all well, these they people? Gone. They were gone. They were gone already. Yeah. They were fucking gone already. They had ink deals with to have their own shows. Yeah. So, like, that's... That makes your argument invalid. Jessica Williams, they did reportedly go to her, and she said she's too young and not, she didn't have enough faith in herself to do the show. Which you know what? More power to you. Sure. There's also rumors that they went to like Louis C.K., sure. Amy Schumer, Amy Schumer. Yeah. I want to say they even went to like Tina Fey. And I get upset when this stuff happens. The reason I get upset is because like when David Letterman, you know, went off the air, it's the same idea. It's like who's going to replace Letterman? Uh, why don't they give it to a woman? Why don't they give it to Tina Fey? Why don't they give this? I was like. What if they asked Tina Fey and Tina say, Fey said no? Just no, don't want to. Like, who I want to like, do movies. You know, like, like, I want to write. So, like, I while I do think you do need more diversity and you need more women's voices and opinions and all that kind of stuff, I do think it's very simplistic to just to say, well, they didn't offer to a woman because a woman didn't end up getting the position. And uh, Jessica Williams came in a time of the Daily Show when they were catching some shit for having like an all males writer room. Mm-hmm. So she gets a lot of credit for that. She's also just awesome. Like every segment she's ever done has been terrific. As far as Mark's concerned here with Facebook, I, I mean, look, here's the deal. Um, comedy subjective. Who's presenting the comedy is subject- subjective. If you don't like Trevor, you don't like Trevor. I, I personally, I love Trevor. I think he's great. I think he's good. He's a different voice. Like anything, if you don't like it at first, give it a try. Keep giving it a try. Mm-hmm. I mean, Look, John Stewart had to overcome the same thing too. He wasn't the original host either. But and, and John Stewart didn't get any traction until like Indecision two thousand sure. whatever that year was. Sure, and no one was actually, paying I think attention. Post nine eleven, like John mm-hmm. John Stewart really kind of came into his own. Uh, so it was Indecision two thousand two or whatever that was. Um, yeah, but the point is, it's yeah. like just dude, it's here's, still the Daily Show. It's still awesome. Here's the other thing I don't think people realize, and this might be people like old crotchety men like you and me, and I don't know the, our our listener Marks. Uh, answer or not like I don't know what uh, his age or anything about him but like Trevor Noah I'll take a guess here let me look at his photo (laughs) I'm gonna say this guy's 26 oh okay I expected a little I expected uh oh okay I expected an older dude here's why Trevor Noah is what not watched live but there's reports and there's been articles about written about the daily show is streamed constantly online and people are watching full episodes of the daily show on computers as much as they are watching it on television and let's be honest that's where everything's going so in a couple years right. like we might not see any ratings on television. There might not be any television ratings because everyone's watching online. So Trevor's going younger, which I think is good for the future of The Daily Show and the future of Comedy Central because, I mean, let's be honest, Jon Stewart got, was older and his audience was older by the time that he was done. I mean, I think his average age skewed probably in the 50s. If I had to guess, I wouldn't be surprised if Trevor hit the 30s as far as like who he hits. So right. I think you, you kind of need that. And, you know, and... As the old regime gets old and they get crazy and their old crazy ideas happen and then, you know, it's just kind of the way it all works. I mean, I say this all the time about politics. I'm like, just old people need to die before we can get any sort of new ideas in there. Wow. And then the generation after so us aggressive. is going to say the same fucking thing, though. So aggressive. But the, 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 Mark, you're trying to tell me the generation after us is not going to say the same thing. Yeah, of course they are. Fucking old people need to die so we can get these new this new blood into the system. It's can't the way wait. it works. I just can't wait till music from the 80s is considered oldies. That's Dude. That's... 80s, it's come already Nirvana, <laughs> which came in the 90s, is heard on classic rock channels. It's like, what's it, 25 years and it's considered a classic? Yeah, Nirvana's on classic rock channels. Love You're it. past the 80s, dude. Damn it. All right. <laughs> Goes fast, kids. Cherish listener every feedback. moment. Close yes. that book on listener feedback. All right. At the laugh button on all the social medias. Or and, drop uh, us an email, podcast at the laugh button.com. Exactly. All right. Scott Armstrong coming up in just a bit. Uh, we'll do this quick. Okay. Right, we'll do this quick because we don't want to go. 
too far into clown town here because uh, we're about halfway out of gas. So uh, it's festival season. Yeah. That's a true statement. If you go to laughbutton.com as these festivals uh, are getting announced as far as lineups are concerned and, and dates, uh, we'll have all the latest information. In fact, today or actually yesterday at the release of this podcast, and put up the information in regards to the Eugene Merman Comedy Festival. Uh, we already have JFL News that comes in almost every day. Uh, Brooklyn Comedy Festival, Oddball, High Plains. I can't read your handwriting. I don't know what the rest well, of the Well, we just did Skankfest, which That's is Limestone right. Festival. It just mm-hmm. happened. Before you know it, it'll be the New York Comedy Festival. Oddball's coming up, dude. What do you think? Here's the thing about Oddball. Oddball has not made the announcement of its lineup this year. I know. It's crazy. Which is weird. It's weird. Well, it's not weird because like I think last year it Oddball- is a little weird. I mean, come on. Well, usually Oddball plan. is- It's the summer. It's usually the end of August- most of September and October. Mm-hmm. So they should be announcing their lineup any day now. That's usually when Oddball runs. Now, here's what I don't know. Who are they going to get to headline Oddball? They started with Chappelle. They followed that up with Louie. Not George Carlin or Mitch Hedberg, I'll tell they you that. Fo- and, then they, and then last year they did a co-headlining tour between Aziz Ansari and Amy Schumer. Mm-hmm. Who, who's left? Because like obviously the Oddball tour, who, which I love and I've gone to every year. Jim Gaffigan. Okay. You definitely need that caliber. I mean, these rooms, these places that Oddball fit, these are 13,000, 14,000 sheds and shacks out in PNC Art Center. Jim or, Gaffigan. You know, okay, so you got Gaffigan. Mm-hmm. Um, but who else could they get that's that caliber? Kevin Hart? No, he's not doing it. You don't think Kevin Hart's doing Oddball? No, he just did like an arena. He did like a fucking stadium tour. Okay. What's he going to... He who's just doing forty five thousand seaters. You're trying to say thirteen on his own. He's not doing, but I think like Kevin no, because he wants to take a break. Dude, he has a new movie coming out every two every week, and he's got. <laughs> okay. The, the, right. the dude's busy, the, man. Okay, the, who can do that? Who is that caliber that can headline Eyeball? I, I mean, one of the great things about Oddball is they have a side stage, a bunch of up and coming guys. They have probably Gabriel Iglesias. Ten dudes that like are like. Like your Mulaney's of the world and your Jim. All right, just give you two. Jim Gaffigan. Jim Gaffigan, okay. Gabriel Iglesias. I don't think Gabriel Iglesias could do it. Really? Here's why. 100% definitely can. Here's why. I know he can technically sell out a room that size, but the tour doesn't really go through parts of the country that Gabriel Iglesias is popular in. Russell Peters. I think he has the same Gabriel Iglesias issue. Really? Okay. Larry the Cable Guy. See, Oddball's a little more alternative. Yeah, yeah. It's, I think it's, Larry. I think Larry Russell and Gabe are a little bit too fast pitch, fast you know, fastballs down the middle. Maria Bamford. Is the Bammer going to sell out thirteen thousand? New show on Netflix. She's killing it right now. I'm not saying she's not killing it. Wait, Patton Oswalt. Patton could do it. I think Patton could do it. What about like you mentioned this once when we last talked about this? What about Doug Stanhope? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. You think Stanhope? Could I don't do think it? it's his crowd or vibe or whatever. I don't think but, it's his vibe but, at all. But uh, what if they get back the original comedians, uh, you know... The comedians of comedy. Yeah, comedians like of comedy. Like Patton, Br- Zach Galifianakis. Yeah. Brian Posehn. Brian Posehn, Maria Bamford. Yeah. That'd be fun to Yeah, let's reunite. How many years has it been? It has to be at least 15 years. It's been a long time. The point is, yeah. those four on the bill are, are getting the job done. The comedians of comedy are coming back. Yeah. That could be fun. I mean, all four of those fit the oddball vibe. Here's the thing, though. The point I'm trying to make is there's not... Many people that could do Yeah, this. it goes from like people who do the garden now. Yeah. A couple people underneath that, and then everybody else that's Like, like Brian Regan can do Radio City Music Hall. Mm-hmm. Brian Regan's a beast. Can Brian Regan, is he known by the Alterna Oddball crowd no. enough to sell that out? He's known by them, but he does, it's not the right vibe. That's, it's either that's that why I'm saying it's the comedians comedy. It's tough, man. Like, Oddball set the bar. Stephen Wright. Oddball set the, set the bar high. Like I'm curious to see what they're going to come back with, because they they went real high. I mean, when you come out of the gate swinging with Dave Chappelle, where do you go? I'm trying to think of any com. I'm trying to think of Seinfeld? any comedian that uh, Graham likes in the office. Aziz, Amy, Louis, <laughs> Chappelle, Oddball. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I know. That's, that's what I'm saying. So who else does he like? Uh, that's that's all, who's doing that's, Oddball. That's all he knows. Maybe he knows. Maybe he knows something we don't know. I guess maybe. All right. Shout out know. to Graham in the office. <laughs> I mean, I mean, like, could like a could like a, a how did this get made crew do it? Like Paul Shear, Jason Mantzoukas, 
mm. June Diane Raphael. They sell out those How This Get Made's live. Paul really Shear, know. maybe. Because like, he's got a sell big like, following. They now. sell out like Largo. And how big's Largo? 150? Uh, yeah. It, it, Paul Shear, that whole, again, that would be a group dynamic there. It would have it to would, be the whole crew. Right. Like that's why like Aziz and Amy Schumer they did they were building that as like a co-headlining thing, but Amy Schumer headlined that basically. Mark Marin. Marin, Mark Marin. I don't know if Marin's big enough. Thirteen thousand. I mean, here's the other thing. He that, gets a million downloads of a burp he puts into a microphone. <laughs> Come I mean, on. But, here, but here's the other thing though too is also like you go to Oddball because like it's ten of your favorite comedians. Right. That, that, that's like, all we're talking about here. I know. But so like, if you have Mike Birbiglia. And then a boatload of awesome people. But I've also been to the show, and like, there's a definite difference between when Dave Chappelle took the stage and when Hannibal Burris, Chris D'Elia, Jay Farrow, John Mulaney, Sarah Silverman, all those other people. Hannibal could headline now. I think Hannibal might, maybe. Maybe. Dude's in tons of movies now, man. He is. He's Hannibal. Secret Life of Pets. He's in that, too. Louie, Kevin Hart, Hannibal. They're yeah, all he was just movie. in Angry Birds. A lot of animation. Gaffigan Neighbors might. Two, he was I in. wonder if Gaffigan might be a, that interesting call. Interesting. Anyway, I'm excited for Oddball. Whatever they do, I go to the show. It's a blast. I go to PNC Arts every year. It's a blast. You walk around and like you look out and you're like, holy shit, 13,000 people are here to see comedy. That's incredible. All right. We, um, we got to get to Scott yeah, Armstrong. Yeah. Uh, but let's play a quick round of overrated, we underrated. We do the interview. Okay, we'll wait. We'll hold it till after, yeah. and then uh, maybe next week we'll try to invent our own comedy festival and see what our lineups would be. We will call it the Laugh Button but, Button Fest. The Button Fest. That's <laughs> maybe that's what you're calling yours. I don't know what I'm calling mine yet. Well, are you calling Mark says High Plains Festival? No, uh, but that's a great <laughs> Mark idea. Mark says High Plains Comedy that Festival. I'm going to be pitching them as soon as this podcast taping's <laughs> okay. over. Uh, all right, so here's Scott Armstrong and everybody. I implore you to check out Search Party. Uh, it's it's a new movie to us, but it's not a new movie to Scott Armstrong, but it is unbelievably funny. I, I, could, I had to almost watch this thing twice in a row uh, because it was that funny, and I felt like I missed half the movie. You've yet um, to bring it in for me to see. Well, Even that's promised me to see, I, you'd give it to me. Because I'm literally watching it again. Right. Like, I'm halfway through it again. Well, just can, know I'm putting it on record. You right. said you'd lend it to me. Right. Write it down. You can, you, can rent it, you can rent it off me. <laughs> okay. And then I'll send the money to you, Scott. All right. Here's Scott Armstrong, everyone. What are we, Hollywood and Highland? Is this your favorite hotel? Yeah, this is, uh, I can't say it's my favorite hotel. Uh, That's where you do all your drug deals. Yeah, it's the first time I've ever been to this hotel. And now you just blew my cover, so I can't, um, now I have to cancel a lot of shit. (laughs) You cancel a lot of drug deals? Yeah, so thanks a lot for that. I appreciate it. Uh, That other voice you're hearing that's not mine belongs to Scott Armstrong, and he also plays Scott Armstrong in real life. Uh, And one T, uh, so no confusion. Born that way. Yeah, right. Born that way. When I was younger, people thought that I was like trying to be cool with my my fancy one T right. name, but it was on my birth certificate. What are you? What are you? A skateboarder? Is that what? Uh, like, what would Scott with one T? That'd be the I British mean, I way, think I guess. Thought, yeah, I, th- I don't know. There's a lot of trying to be different. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, you know, I, I had nothing to do with that. I was right? suppressed at every turn. Gotcha. Where no. were you from originally? Um, Chicago. Born. Well, I was born in Minneapolis. Okay. St. Paul. St. Paul, Minneapolis, and mm-hmm. then. Uh, when I was like one, my parents moved to Chicago and I've been grew up there. And then I went to Bradley University in Peoria, Illinois, another mm-hmm. great town. And then uh, I lived in Chicago. I did like Second City training and Improv Olympic and studied with Del Close at Improv Olympic. That's awesome. So you and got there ties to A lot to of the really, really famous people were there. I used to go. They're all famous now. Mm-hmm. Right, right. But uh, it's funny how many great people were at Improv Olympic when I was studying there. I just go to the shows and I remember seeing like. Amy Poehler and Tina Fey and all the Upright Citizens Brigade before they mm-hmm. started their theater and like even like John Favreau, Adam McKay, like just like figuring things out, you know. It's Andy unbelievable. Dick. Yeah, Andy um, Dick too. Um, just a lot of uh, Keckner. I don't know. I can name a million people. Yeah, you can't. And everyone yeah, and will know who you're talking about. I was on a team with Jack McBrayer. What? Yeah, nice. My first... Uh, Long farm improvisation, whatever team. He's from uh, Macon, right? Macon, Georgia, I think. I know he's Speaking from the of south. Speaking of towns, yeah, Macon. I there know he's tan, and I know he's from the south. <laughs> Those are the two things I know about Jane. There was a uh, there was a hockey team. Mm. That the reason I remember this is because uh, in Macon, Georgia, there was a hockey team called the Macon Whoopie, and uh, they stole the old. That's bad. Yeah, they, and they stole the old Toronto Maple Leafs logo, like not the proper like squared off type leaf, the one that looked weathered and tattered. Uh-huh. 
Um, yeah, making whoopee. That so was a, a real thing. So a name and a stolen logo. That's a good way to start a team. But who's going to stop them? No one's going to make it, right? <laughs> you had never heard of it. You're like, I don't even know. Who cares? And you don't want to get involved with a hockey team. You don't know what they're capable of. <laughs> it's true. Um, so does that make you a Cubs fan? Are you a Cubs guy? White Sox. No. But you know what? I know I'm not allowed to switch, but this year... This is the Cubs the year. are so interesting. It's you know, all these great young players and like the White Sox are like have dissolved any kind of like valid soul of any kind. I mean when Canerico retired, I kinda and when do you really watch I mean, honestly, yeah. when am I watching a full baseball game? Like well, you're a busy guy. Well, I mean, uh, but, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of people, people that aren't watch busy. Complete baseball sure. games. Sure. 100%. I watched I mean, one the other night. I went to But I'm not going to watch us on a satellite dish like a White Sox <laughs> full game. Like I just don't I like them. So true, though. If they're in the playoffs, (laughs) I'll watch either Cubs or White Sox. I think once you hit a certain age, there's two things that change when you hit a certain age. You stop watching complete games, like you mentioned, and you stop wearing jerseys of guys who are younger than you, right? Like Uh, no, I still wear them. You do? Yeah. But 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 I just got a I got I got a a a a game worn jersey the Dodgers batting coach. (laughs) I forget his name, but it was like cheaper to get a batting coach, and I thought that was pretty cool, so I wear that. And um, it's great. And I just got a for my <laughs> birth or for my for what was it for Christmas? I just got a Matt Forte Bears jersey, uh, and I was really disappointed in my wife because she should have known that he was going to get unsigned. She was being thrifty, you know. She's, she's like, thr- no, she's she like, paid full price. She paid retail. No, she did not. Yeah, she did. I did not know. <laughs> it wasn't fifty percent off yet. Yeah. Wow, that's bad. Yeah, he went bye bye. Um, my friend got a cool jersey, a, a Walter Payton jersey. Mm-hmm. And it was autographed, but then we realized that it was like the new kind of jersey that Walter Payton didn't wasn't alive for and could never have signed, and that was really sad. Again, full retail. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, you got to be careful with those Cooperstown collections. Uh, yeah. Cooper spelled with one O, right? Mm-hmm. You're responsible for uh, uh, a plethora of comedies that uh, ring true in 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 today's psyche. Uh, people. I think people spit out your lines without even knowing what it's from, possibly. That's how ingrained you are in I was, pop I culture. Heard, uh, I heard uh, earmuffs this morning. Did you? I was like, yeah, like, I don't know. Someone was just like joking around like they shouldn't be talking out loud about something. He said earmuffs. He's like, earmuffs. Yeah. Uh, that's forever. That's that's a, for, the, that's a forever. That's a who you going to call. That's a where's the beef. <laughs> I mean, you're right up there, man, with the top I wish, 10. I think, I don't know. I don't know if it's as good as where's the beef, but it's a, <laughs> people remember it. Uh, so does that make you proud, especially from a writer's perspective? Because uh, writers are the unsung hero of comedy, right? I mean, most stand-ups, they write their own stuff, so that's different. But someone who writes uh, a feature film that's a comedy, and obviously s- the stars get lots of the glory, and they're performing it, and, and you know, they're half the weapon. But you're putting pen to paper or, or to a keystroke to whatever computer. It must be pretty awesome. It's like a trophy when, when something like that happens, right? I mean, it's fun, I guess. I don't know. It's not like, like I'm always just trying to do something that I want to do next or try to do something. I'm always just trying to make something really good. I just want to do good stuff, you know. I don't really, like, analyze it like that or, yeah. or like, think about it. I'm just, like, excited about my next thing usually and trying to – I mean, I feel like I sound like an uh, NBA basketball player or whatever. <laughs> There's, like, the next game is a big one. But I really don't, like <laughs> – an- like, once we finish something, I, so I really do just sort of move on. You're done, moved on. Right? I really okay. do try to have a good time when it releases because you never know, like, half time it's a stinker, half time it's a hit. Not a, You know, it's a hit or not. Or you don't know what's going to happen. It's just kind of mm-hmm. going into a buzzsaw. So I try and – for myself and for everybody that we all worked with, I try and make sure that we, like, um, see – that the project w- took a lot of effort, a couple of years of effort, and is something that we did and put so much into. And then, like, whatever happens, happens. You know, I try and be, like, healthy like that. Um, but it's yeah, obviously so fun. Like, old school is definitely, like, the the one that people seem to, like, is really, really love. Yeah. yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, who knows? Well, that's not to take You never know. You could never set out to do something like that. It just, you know, those guys were all so young and hungry at the time, just like we were, like basically got like will ferrell and vince vaughn and and uh all those other guys in the cast and you know luke wilson at their um in their prime up and coming and and uh and todd phillips too and myself working together and um it, it turned out good 
Yeah, it turned out all right. Yeah, you never know, man. You never know. <laughs> but, but it's true. You don't know what's going to hit and what's not. And like you said, it could be, it could boil all the way down to just timing. You know, there's so many great comedies that have come and gone that uh, didn't miss the boat because they weren't good. It just, for whatever reason, it wasn't the right time. It's maybe. literally impossible to like control everything and know what's really going to, you know, it's, and it, whatever. I could go on and on. Yeah. Don't well, put this on. Cut this all, this, all this stuff out. This is lame. <laughs> this, uh, the, yeah, the last 20 minutes, if you just heard a long tone <laughs> noise. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was some really inside stuff, inside baseball. All right, so when did... Uh, I'm going I'm I'm to ask you one more nerdy question if I can. Mm-hmm. Do, do you remember when you realized something was funny? Like, like at what age you were like, oh, that's, like, that's funny. That's making me laugh. I'm aware of it now. And, and if I can do that same thing, and get the reaction, like you got the whole concept. You know what I mean? Do, do you remember uh, that? I don't really remember that. I remember I used to, I used to draw cartoons, like kind of like, even when I was really young, I used to draw cartoons that were like, kind of like Far Side or like, okay. and I would, or like, this, that remember, remember Herman? Oh, sure. I used yeah. to draw like Herman style cartoons with like captions and scenarios oh, nice. about my family and stuff. And I, I remember <laughs> my grandparents like really thought they were funny and everyone thought they were really funny and they would put them up and, I was really young when I was doing that. I remember that was like my thing, you know. I always felt like that was one of the first things. I kept I was a cartoonist all the way through, you know, going into college. I thought maybe I might become a cartoonist. And what stopped you? I mean, why did you uh, I decided, you know, I just wanted to do more stuff. It felt a little like well, A I didn't want to just dedicate my entire life to to becoming an expert at that craft. You know right. what I mean? I wanted to like and uh but I got into advertising. I really, I liked, um, I felt like I went to like this, um, this career, what do you call it? Career day or whatever at high school. Sure. And I went to, and I saw like a uh, small business owner and then I saw a guy who was a pilot and then I saw a guy who was a creative director at an advertising agency. And then, uh, the small business owner ran like this pet store. He had to work like 14 hours a day and clean the cages and trying to figure out the computer and do the taxes. And it was sounding like the worst. <laughs> And then the next guy was like, he had to go into the uh, six years of like flight training and and all this like tons of math and all. I was like, I don't want to do that. And then I just I just realized I just like being up in the air is really all I liked. And then, um, this is you a know, very this helpful ca- career day. Yeah, for exactly. you, it was man. a great <laughs> career day. And then and then the yeah the, the creative director is like we just get paid a lot of money and we sit around trying to think of ideas and like thought of this and you get paid as much as my brother was a doctor but i'm like this is i'm doing that yeah, just think the, of ideas like how is that or you know i kept asking questions like but what about all the marketing details and like he's like no someone else does that someone else <laughs> manages the client someone else actually shoots the commercial no, you don't have to do anything except for just think of the ideas i was like that's it something just went off in me a hundred percent that's what i was going to do the rest of my life and then I, I i i was really ambitious about advertising at first and then, uh, and then I realized um, I could probably get away with doing comedy too if I tried. And uh, you know, and then I was able to shift from advertising to writing. Nice, smooth transition, I guess. That's well, that's so when smooth. I, you know, I we me uh, I hired uh, me and Todd Phillips. Uh, I hired him to write a, to uh, direct a commercial in advertising like long time ago. That's how I first met him, and then we really hit it off what was it a commercial for is this a youtube draft no don't don't <laughs> it's not even anything good. i don't know i don't remember what it's it is not, it's not about it being good or not yeah. it's I, I think you know no one likes half the police's box set you know no what i mean likes what sorry half of the police's box set you know it's like you get it and you're like oh cool the the winners are the winners <laughs> and there's a reason i don't know 45 of these songs <laughs> you know but the completest has to have them and they just appreciate okay, them for well, what they yeah. are i guess I'm not going to compare. I'm not going to compare that commercial to a bad <laughs> police song because a bad police song is probably way better. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Todd, uh, obviously, you know, he's a huge filmmaker. Before even getting into comedy, he was mm-hmm. like, and uh, he did uh, documentaries, the incredible movie movie Frat House mm-hmm. for HBO. Before that, he he did uh, Hated, which was, you know, one of them won Sundance. Which one was it? Okay. I think it was Frat House. Anyway, uh, that led to some opportunities that luckily I was invited to come with on, and then we ended up selling the pitch for a road trip, which is a shift in tone, but something we both really wanted to do. That's good. That's cool. So it worked out, and then now you have proof of concept, 
Was it a little bit easier afterwards for you? Like uh, doors you opened it, up. Was it easier to write a movie after I'd already sold a movie? You mean? No. no. Is that what you're saying? No, but the opportunity to give to, to yeah, I guess so. To sell a movie. Yeah, after. obviously it was yeah. like so much. You know, that's the whole thing. It's always like a catch twenty two. There's a million people that. It's like, how can you write a screenplay if you've never written a screenplay? Or how can you right. direct a pilot if you've never directed a pilot? How do you direct an episode? How do you direct TV if you can't direct, if you've only directed movies? How do you direct a movie if you've only directed TV? It's like, you just have to all this stuff it, is basically it. not that different. <laughs> you know, there's different lengths and different act breaks and stuff yet you you a smart person can figure out. Mm -hmm. The hardest thing, I think, is having like a real ear for tone and being funny, I guess. What do you think the most important aspect of comedy is? Comedians always say nothing is funnier than the truth, right? Like the truth will always be the funniest thing. Do you, do you believe that? Or do you think like silliness is the most important thing? Or do you think dialogue or timing? Like what, what do you think the most? It, I feel like a real jerk having a real rule for comedy. Like I don't like to be the guy who does that. But for, well, for me, you. for my style. Just for you, yeah. For my style, it's like I, most of the, the best stuff I think comes from things that are sort of inspired from the actual character like only that character would do that mm -hmm. and i think that's the best stuff like that like we, you create a character so detailed no matter how broad or straight or grounded or whatever it is if you know that character so detailed that it's only funny if they say it then or do it then that's funny you know that that's that's when you're on that's a like winner I, like if you have a script that's literally there's almost no jokes in it because it's literally just people deciding things that only they would do and it's funny because they just you believe that they would do those and it's not a, a stretch that's when you're really wired i think you know what i mean like like i didn't write seinfeld but like cr only kramer would do what you know what i mean like sure. only and then like in my work we're talking about old school, like Frank the Tank. Only he gets away with stuff. He's not really saying jokes. He's not. It's not like a he's just three camera him. sitcom or something. It's like he's just. We just you just have something figured, and a lot of it, by the way, is Will Ferrell just creating this character with us and and taking. You know, I feel like as a writer, a lot of it's just doing, um, creating a plan for other people to be funny, and I think that that's part of why I've had some success. I think it's just always approaching things as like. Okay, what's the end result here? We want these guys to feel great on the day and like the audience to feel it all together. You know, and it's it's not it's never really the writer things don't really work out when the writer's just trying to show off and just be as like absurd or, or be like as have the craziest references ever or whatever. Like that's almost about the writer's ego more than it is about a good plan for something to be good. I posted to our website the uh, Red Band International trailer for Search Party. Oh, good. Thank you. That's and nice. uh, the first thing that happened, literally 30 seconds after I posted it, uh, T.J. Miller retweets and says, fuck yeah, all caps. Oh, good. whole bunch of exclamation points. <laughs> he That's got to feel pretty he, good for your well, directorial debut. I mean, he's like debut, one of my right? favorites of all time that I've ever worked with. We, I really feel like we, I don't know, we had a, sounds so dumb to say, but we just had a, special connection on the set and, that, and working and developing that character again talking about character like by the end of that shooting that movie we knew I knew everything that was his character's called Jason in the movie everything that Jason would do or say like it was only he could get away with that stuff only he would do that stuff it was like very specific to him and I it's like my favorite thing that he's ever done personally I mean he's done a lot of nice. he makes me laugh all the time but uh, I feel like we really got something going with him that was really good for him. Like I felt that's if I have like a, I don't know. I hate, I always feel like I'm like uh, too excited about myself when I talk on these things. <laughs> I always just okay, stop no, but if I have a you thing that I'm, be. no, but if I have Look a thing job, that I'm, man, it's, it's not even a job. If it's I have best. a thing that I'm good at, I think it's probably listening to like what, whoever I'm working with a performer or casting, like trying to figure out what makes them, work for them the best like put that putting them in the wheelhouse whatever it is that the their pocket their sp yeah, yeah whatever. So i just want to get them feeling good and doing things that are really specific to them <laughs> and then bringing that out and getting performances that way that's that's all we did on the, on the set of search party and the same thing with like with middle ditch doing something completely different than you've seen ever do on like silicon valley so you know half the time super coked up accidentally coked up out of his mind and uh just like, re you know, just really thrown to the fire, like f fucking brilliant performance from Middle Ditch. And then Pally, 
so good in this. He's like the lead, you know, he's like the main character, you know, uh, they're all three of the main characters, but like we follow this character's name's Evan and um, those three together, um, the camaraderie between him and TJ and then the camaraderie with the three of them together and like, uh, I don't know, it's so good. Re- really the most fun I've had creating something uh, I loved I don't know, just the, it's not just like the camaraderie and laughing around like between takes. It was actually doing the movie that was fun. Like, cre- like figuring it out together and building this thing. Um, uh, I'm really excited for people to finally see it. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Pally's a beast too, man. Oh my uh, God. Ever since Happy Endings, like. Well, he, I've known him for years. He, he, he used to do, uh, he and I perform in the same guy. theater. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I used to do UCB in, in New York and so did he and, um, when did uh, what so uh, what era funny. were you? Oh my god! What what era were you? Because I I did the I did the, all the classes sketching and improv, but you, this was the early UCB 2000, era. I like was in was the first one because I was there before we had a theater. I was doing classes, you know, when we rented a space on the side, you know, helped build the very first one. That's amazing. You know, yeah. my first class I went in was me, um, Regal, Shear, Hubel. Jackie yeah. Clark, who I write with now, mm-hmm. um, Owen Burke, who's like big at Funny or Die now, mm-hmm. so funny. Um, Daniel Schneider, who married the teacher Matt Besser, mm-hmm. and it's super funny. And her writing partner Dan, Dan, Donna Fineglass, I think, was in that class. It was a wow. that's your first that's my first class, and then see, that's the th- <laughs> and that's after I'd already been in Chicago. Okay, you know? and then I um, and then I got assigned to a. Harold team or whatever you call them. And then, so I had never met any of these guys before and I went for, to meet for a drink. Armando Diaz cast me and we sat, we, we all met Armando at a bar and it was me. And for the first time I met Jason Manzoukas, <laughs> Jessica St. Clair, John Daly, wow. you know, like so many great people and all the rest of the, the cast of mother who are all doing awesome. Um, that was super fun. That's pretty good. And I was in that one of the early shows memories. there too was uh feature feature was it, which, had like you know Cordry and Husky and mm-hmm. S- Seth Morris and Jamie Denbo met her husband John Bowie there you know it's just like Andrew Secundo I still perform with it was like the uh, really r- like that first year you know whatever that was in the nineties um, crazy crazy like and I never and at the time I appreciated it too mm-hmm. it wasn't like oh I I should have appreciated it was like I couldn't believe it. And I kept taking, you know, I was there all the time. We worked. It's addicting, right? You just, well, every just, night I of the week. I just knew that every, there were so many special people there. So many talented, crazy talented people. Um, was it pretty? I loved doing it. You know, I was never, I never was doing long form improv because I was going to be a great performer or a great actor. or I was going to be on Saturday Night Live. I never had any ambitions about that at all. I literally just do it because I love to do it. And, you know, it helps my writing, I guess. But I really just like to do it, you know. So... I mean, with all that said, it's just pretty crazy. You must have shared some pretty special moments on stage with all these people. But it, was it pretty wild to go from Chicago to New York and see some other people from your class start a theater? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it's mm. like, oh, by the well, way, we're just you starting know, you know what, school. Kind of, kind of, but not really because it was so small. You know what I mean? It was always a struggle. Those yeah. guys, we barely had uh, anything going. Like those guys, you know, it was always just like this small little black box that... Mm. You know, it used to be a strip bar, and like people would come in and look, expect to see naked girls there, or whatever, and then like leave bummed out. And like, <laughs> first show was like 11 people in the audience, you know, really, sm- you know. I mean, obviously, I never, I was never surprised that Amy Poehler and Matt Walsh and Ian Robertson, and Matt Besser, they could do anything because they would just do something on the street and a giant crowd would gather around or whatever. They could, they could rent a space, and, and I went to these shows. And there'd be a line down the block, just like there is now in all the theaters. It's it was yeah, crazy. So I was never surprised about that, but I wasn't that shocked because they were so good. And then, you know, the theater was small. It, just, it really like s- built so slowly, incrementally. Mm-hmm. And now I, you know, whatever it is, 16 years later, I'm going to the 17th Del, Del Close Marathon. Marathon. Every, you know, I was yeah. at the first one. You know, I can't believe it's been 17 years. I feel like such an old man. But uh, you know, now I just I came in put into context even like it's it is pretty big it's crazy did you see the del close doc yet 
You know what? I'm like late to the party. I haven't seen it. I know that Matt was really happy with the reaction. It's good. Yeah. I can't wait for you to see it. All right, cool. Be curious to get your reaction (laughs) because, I mean, you're you're there from the beginning, right? So I was studying with him for a couple of years, but I felt like I got the... I got the disinterested Dell. Like he wasn't ah. like, he just kind of like there, you know, like the on the um, way out Dell. The one thing he did to me was he was, for some reason he was like annoyed with me for something or whatever. <laughs> and, he, and he like just left me on stage in a terrible scene for like seven minutes with me and my, whoever that scene partner I was with, I can't remember, but it was like, didn't like basically proving a point. Like if you don't do a strong initiation and listen and build something from there, like then you're going to be screwed. And so he just left us up there like in a terrible scene for like seven full minutes, just dying. <laughs> it's just like such a dick move. But uh, that's, that's kind of, ax- he was very passive aggressive in his teaching. You got the <laughs> Axl Rose, use your illusion tour. Yeah. I got, close. The, exactly. <laughs> I got the, yeah, that's I can't, I was trying to think of a sting song. Not sting. Yeah. I was trying to think of a sting that's song. Cause you were referencing f- the police fields earlier. of gold. That I think it's the only game going wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's all good. I'll insert something with a robot voice. Okay, man. good. I'll save you. I'll save you. So uh, back to search you party. Do, do, you, do you do that often? You insert several robot no. voice jokes? No. Okay. <laughs> no. I don't think I've ever <laughs> done that. That'd be great. Sting's Fields of Gold is my Vietnam. Back to search party. So for the people that aren't aware of it or are just now discovering it, when when did you... You directed this, and this is your first... Yeah, I co-wrote it, and I directed it. First movie I directed. Right. And, I've worked uh, on several movies, but, you know... It's it's obviously very different than, you know, when you're the director, it's like, it's like completely different than anything else you've ever done. Like, you know, there is a reason it's, people are worried about the first time director because you're really drinking out of a fire hose. It's like, <laughs> but it was, I was so uh, Is that a UHF pre- surpri- reference? What's that? Was that a UHF reference? UHF, drinking out of a fire hose? Yeah. When, uh, speaking of Kramer and Seinfeld, we'll bring this like triple full UHF? circle. UHF? Yeah, UHF, the Weird Al Yankovic movie. Wait, and he goes, drinking out of a fire hose is the most popular phrase. It means really busy. <laughs> Everyone says that. Yeah. It's not a UHF reference. You're insane. You lost your mind. <laughs> you know, you, get, you found the marble in the oatmeal. You got to drink from the fire hose. You don't remember this scene? Oh, no. I'm going to look this up, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, little Billy found a marble in the oatmeal. It was like a contest on this fake show that was on TV. Uh-huh. And, and he's like, you got the marble. And he's like, now this you get Weird to... Al? Yeah, yeah. Now you Not get to... Not Kramer. No. Okay. Uh, well, Michael Richards is in the movie. Right, right. He's, pro- he's predominant. Uh, role in there but but uh yeah and so this kid wasn't that up that movie was up against like the five biggest movies of all time if you look at it it, like like, that movie was supposed to be brilliant but it was like up against like like batman the lost ark and batman or something it was like all these movies out that was like impossible for it to do well right (laughs) whatever i don't remember sorry i didn't mean to knock us off course firehose you're right it's pretty busy (laughs) pretty crazy um it was like this what helped us on uh when i remember road trip we were up against like uh, Battleship Earth, oh, and it was gee, supposed that to was smash a us. Mega bomb, man! And that helped us seriously. That yeah, was, that, that was like a that was a pivotal thing to happen. To just a little trickle of money came to our movie because yeah, of that, and it was so helpful. You know? Did do you remember all the movies you were up against then? Like if I, if no I, no early on, I would I would just like I was so obsessed with like I just honestly I didn't want it. I wasn't trying to like dominate the world right? i just wanted to get to work again another mm-hmm. gig i wanted to do i wanted to like what i wanted to do next year to happen and if if things didn't like open then you're screwed you know so i did i did like overanalyze that stuff now i don't worry about it at all i really don't i try not to i just i think i guess i'm fortunate enough to be able to just like focus on what i'm doing and excited about doing it i feel like you already have 10 other things you're kind of working on separately and then they'll just come out whenever they come out. Like I'll be flying to Israel on a top secret project for Ooh. real to meet with a puppeteer. What? In a puppeteer's warehouse. Nice. In Israel. It's really. That's my. That's my tease. Okay. It'll launch in 2018. This show. <laughs> no, but really, I really am going to meet with this guy. I'm excited <laughs> about some other weird thing that might happen. That's great. That's great. Well, what do you got on the docket? Yeah, I gotta get over to Israel. Get a yeah. puppet guy. Out. <laughs> talking to <laughs> that's not that's not a skypeable moment you no. gotta you gotta get over there and see the goods i guess right uh, uh, yeah it's really it's funny um i've never had a hiatus before mm-hmm. like i always have been lucky enough to be like oh i finished a movie and now i'm gonna do my next thing and you know he's, he's always like a deadline or it's always like make your own i don't know for me i'm always like wired to like finish the next thing 
spend so, more time with my kids, hang out. I was gonna say, what's on the what's on the list? Trying of things to get in that shape, need? trying to get ripped. You do, just do the paleo diet. You'll lose all the fat. And you, I, and you I, don't I'm walking have to over here. Out. I saw uh, Cyclo Lotties. Do you do Cyclo Lotties? No, I just that's eat real healthy dumb. You're and on a bike and you're doing Pilates. It's, that doesn't make any. Only in Hollywood, man. We're on Hollywood <laughs> Highland. And I said, uh, Cyclo Lotties. Not only is it a thing, it's not just a word, it's a storefront. Like they pay rent, insurance costs, employees, health benefits. Cyclo Lotties can afford all this? What's going on? So uh, uh, back to Search Party real quick. Let's name drop because this, this thing's packed with uh, beautiful comedy people. We named TJ Miller. We named Middle Ditch. Uh, Jason Manzukis is in this as well, right? Oh, my God, yeah. And, uh, and he's, yeah, one of my, um, he's one of my great friends. We go, we met at the, the bar with uh, Armando Diaz. Um, he's one of the funniest people on earth, too. Yeah, that guy's just automatically funny. Yeah. I still perform with him on, uh, in soundtrack at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater every Friday with him and uh, Husky and really fun does it just feel man it must just feel like a bike ride when you go back to the on stage it's like no nerves low pressure you, you, you I get still nervous get a little ner- they all make fun of me because i still get a little nervous i yeah, actually do. I don't get nervous unless there's someone i know in the audience which is so weird it's so like i've been this for whatever i'm an old man now but i you're just not, feel my like grandpa's like 95 you're not <laughs> old man you're fine i just like i feel like if i'm performing for drunk college kids it's the perfect mm-hmm. i could just I feel like I'm going to the y- YMCA to play like basketball with like amazing basketball dunkers, you know? Like, I'm like the short white guy that'll just throw like alley oops. Yeah, you'll like get people. tons of assists. Yeah, right? yeah, that's what like I do on stage. Assists. So sometimes I get nervous. So it's, it sounds like you're a big sports guy. So so uh, when did you realize? Too you many sports analogies? No, no. I, I think that's what, what semi pro came from. My, too my many love sports of analogies. 70s basketball. Yeah. So the Bulls, obviously your team. I'm assuming. Yeah. I'm assuming. I, can't, I, w- I refuse to watch them this year because they fired Thibodeau. Yeah, that was a bad move. Why, why like, did they I do just, that? Not only was it wrong, but it was like just against everything a Chicago sports team should stand for. It's mm-hmm. like they they basically fired him because he was making the players try too hard, playing too good, too, trying too hard on defense or whatever. It's like what are, what are you doing? Yeah. They blamed him for like wearing guys out. It's like. Wait, didn't Ditka have know. like a similar sitch? Didn't he get? He, I don't know, he had yeah. like a bad ending for a while, and they had to wait twenty years to make up. And I started watching that. Dick should have won a couple Super Bowls. He only yeah. won one. That's yeah, just one. Dig on him. Uh, he's also he's obviously a legend now. Yeah, he's a legend. He's good. He never finishes a sentence. I get Dick wine that? every year. Great Dick wine. That's another thing. I, he has wine. Dick has, has, has a winery. Not yeah, what I in Chicago? That, yeah, I try and give that away for Christmas. Is the Dick wine? It's Every good. Year. Red, it's really, white. Yeah, delicious. What's, what's the select? What's the dick a year? What's it? Eighty-five? Did he start at an eighty-five? That would have been, been good. Perfect. <laughs> Tannins, clingy. What do they? What do you call it? Uh, I'm not a big wine con- connoisseur, so delicious tannins. I'm still working on cereal selections, man. I haven't <laughs> upgraded to the wine yet. So, uh, when did you realize you weren't going to be a professional athlete? When was that exact moment? When did that happen? I was. I thought I was going to pitch in the major leagues. From like sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, I was like throwing heat, and I had a curveball, and wow. like sixth I was, re- I would, I would just play like in the all star games and stuff. And then I went to high school, and I lost like a year because I was like older for my. We had a different league for like it was different than high school. Mm-hmm. When you went to high school, I was like playing with guys kind of a year older than me. I felt like, and I went to like the whatever all star game or whatever, and I remember throwing in the first inning. My fastball had become like a changeup, <laughs> just like everyone had caught up to me, and I was throwing this like bink way over the fence. The next one, bink, way, and I got knocked out of the first inning. It was like ten to nothing or whatever, and I just realized, oh man, like I was just good because I was little. I was playing against little kids, and now like real athletes are gonna kill me. That was it. That no was White it. Sox dreams for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a bummer that's all right you you went on to do big uh, big things I think it's like I, honestly if i could change things i don't know if i would be a pro athlete anymore like i wanted to so bad when i was younger why do you say that that's i don't interesting. know it's like a lot of like it's interesting lot of, you're just on the bus yeah and you're like on really constantly you're just on the flights and then you're just like putting out so much effort and like killing your knees and like so i don't know like now i'm like such a baby about that i'm like now i'm lazy i'm like i don't want to like <laughs> i wouldn't want to just totally or even in football i wanted to be like a free safety so bad i i, I don't want to bang my head or like watching hockey they're going like 80 miles an hour into the glass like <laughs> elbow to I'm face like really to glass. don't want to do that like 
Well, um, you're older and wiser now. You I know, you honestly. Kid, right? so I would maybe be a pro golfer, but even then, you're like, you're on the course, like, I don't want to play that's golf. A, that's like almost a year round game. 50 holes a day forever, just buckets after buckets till your hands bleed. Like, you know what I mean? Sure. I was, I'm left handed, so golfing was never going to happen because no one had left hand clubs, and my parents weren't uh, going to buy me those. They were like, yeah, that's not happening. So, but uh, yeah. I read somewhere that, that uh, Belichick likes left footed punters because it spins different. Oh, weird. Is that true? Probably. I mean, knowing Belichick. fumble it. What? No, that fucking guy. Why couldn't he get it done for the Browns, man? Like, I'm from Cleveland, so it's very frustrating to know he was the coach of the Browns and he was That's terrible. That's really sad. Now terrible. you guys got RG3. <laughs> who, we, who we traded away. We traded away a draft pick, and that draft pick was RG3 anyway. So now we get him damaged and old when no one likes him. Oh, and uh, I feel bad for you. It's, a, it's all good, man. Cleveland sports, it's been a trip. And I was we didn't have hockey, so I was a big Whalers guy, and they of course disbanded and went away and won a championship somewhere else, so that wasn't good either. So I know how to you pick guys got to keep your name, like your team. Oh yeah, went the history to, and everything. Yeah, your yeah. team sure. went to Baltimore. They Baltimore, were an expansion team, but you still kept your Browns. Name. Purple Browns, yeah. I feel bad for you guys. I mean, I can't believe that Manziel would actually wear a uh, costume, like makeup and costume, and go party in Vegas. That really happened. It's so brilliant. Fake mustache. What? <laughs> Throwing money at the strippers. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> that really happened. Good job, <laughs> Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a shitty traffic. It's funny because he came out and did the you know the money sign Manziel's thing. Manziel's money sign. And and my my wife, she's from Puerto Rico, so she doesn't understand American football and like mm-hmm. some things just don't translate. She didn't know what that was. She's like. Why? Why is he doing the tiny violin thing for everybody? <laughs> and she thought it was because he got drafted. Why is, why is so he high. feeling fabric? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and she just did get it. And it was just so funny. And uh, it's nice to keep her around for moments <laughs> like that to get me through the terrible sports uh, sports analogies. Um, all right. So, one, thank you for the time, man. I appreciate. It. Congrats it, on man. all I success. Much continued success. And Congrats on your this this uh, lobby you have here. This yeah, hotel. You got it. I, You're uh, holding it down. You, you know, it nice needs sculpture over here. I bought it cheap. I don't know. Looking over the shoe palace outside. <laughs> is that what? Oh, is that what the <laughs> SP is? Cyclolotties storefront. I'm gonna cha- I'm gonna challenge you to some cyclolotties. How do you keep score? I, I guess it's just how hard your core is. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what the results are. I guess right. I don't know. It's everything's analyzed now, right? The electrodes get stuck on you, and everybody knows every movement now. Competitive cyclolotties. <laughs> That's the next league. <laughs> All right, Scott. Cheers, man. All right. Thanks. Okay, that was Scott Armstrong. I want to thank him again for hanging out with me out in Los Angeles, California. And, uh, yeah, he was <laughs> he was ripping into our uh, our locale. Uh, I don't know if he did. Maybe he didn't like my hotel. I don't know. No, I think he liked it. It was good. Uh, great dude. So funny. So nice. Uh, a rich mind when it comes to comedy. He's been around anybody and everyone who's one of the major players in comedy today. Uh, he's a wealth of knowledge and experience, and it was a pleasure to have him on the pod. And hopefully, Scott, I'll see you again soon. And uh, you just check, again, check out Search Party. It's amazing. All right, so let's play a quick game of Overrated, Underrated to send us on our way. Which we played at Skank Fest, and it was actually... We did. It went well. went if, really well. The podcast was well-received. People were laughing. Yeah, hello. <laughs> it was well received. A person laughed. A person laughed. Uh, well, so that like, one person sometimes. sounded like a whole yeah. packed out crowd. We, well, because so we, we put some echo on it. We added oh, some okay. after some slapback we, reverb. We sweetened the audio. <laughs> no, we didn't sweeten anything. <laughs> uh, if you want to check out the uh, Skankfest um, podcast that we taped live at said festival, uh, it's the episode. You can download it right before the one that you're listening to. Right now, are you serious? This is what I just drew out of here. It's definitely not my handwriting. What did you just draw out of there? Overrated, underrated. Ohio. <laughs> Ohio, definitely, 100%, without a doubt, underrated. It is probably the most underrated of all 50 states, and here's why. I thought we'd make it through one podcast because Because uh, the ones that don't get named very often, like the Idahos and the Wyomings. and because there's know, nothing in the, the, the state, The states you don't know the capitals to. Uh, those aren't oh, as underrated as Ohio because Ohio gets shit on for absolutely no reason when it is the heart of America. It is the birthplace of aviation. This state, Ohio, the 19th state in the union, has produced more presidents in the United States of America than any other state. 
Is that factually true? 100% factually true. Part of uh, Ohio history. Who's come from Ohio? Presidents. Nine presidents. I think. Look it up. Look it up. You got a phone because I'm going through my rant here. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay. I'll do it. It's the only state that's round on the ends and high in the middle. It is Ohio. <laughs> that's the riddle. All right? You're not getting that from any other state. You know what's in here? You know what's in here? The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's right. We're giving you the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, it's We're, in Cleveland. Who, what's nicknamed the Mistake by the Lake? Yeah, because that has to do with sports. And that's over with, Matt, because the Cleveland Cavaliers have won the National Basketball Association's trophy. Okay? So they're back on top. All that stuff is forgotten. Ohio... Giving you gifts like Procter and Gamble. I mean, yeah, do you but, want to talk about Ohio industry? Also, also do you want to talk about can sometimes fucking up an election? Well, wait, what are we talking here? Are we talking Titans of Industry or are we talking uh, STD rates? Talking about your economy because <laughs> both are high. Because <laughs> both are very high. <laughs> your economy is based on LeBron. It is, James. <laughs> but we've got LeBron James, and it's a pretty damn good economy. Okay, presidents from Ohio. You Go ahead. Yep. Warren G. Harding. That's right. My William, dad went to his high school. William McKinley. And uh, McKinley, my brother, went to that high school. Rutherford B. Hayes. It's my boy. William Howard Taft. Taft in it up. Ulysses S. Grant. Yep. James A. Garfield. Keep going. The president that was like shot after like 10 seconds. Yeah, because he was awesome. And people were like, <laughs> another guy from Ohio? Get him out of here. William Henry Harrison. Mm-hmm. Benjamin Harrison. Yeah. Okay. Other than Grant. Get out of here. No one... That anyone gives a fuck about as far as the president is Clearly, because they didn't all get elected in. <laughs> Come on, man. But, dude, like, this is like, all if right. you were to make a list of, like, the B-team of presidents, this would be the B-team of presidents. Hey, great TV show. You got, you got no Lincolns. B-team, great TV no show. You got no Kennedys. You got no Washingtons. So what? <laughs> Only one state can claim yeah. that, and that's Massachusetts. Get out of here. Well, Lincoln was in Kansas, was he? Uh, I don't care. <laughs> okay, you like Ohio. So Ohio is the shit. It's way underrated. B-teams for presidents. It's, oh, get out of here. All right. Uh-huh. All right. I put that in there specifically because I, I was hoping you I know, I know. It. I could go on and on and on. I know on you could. That's why this. I put it in there. All right. Let me pull out. Sorry for this. everyone. This podcast is too long make, for I you th- to handle. I thought we'd make it one podcast without Ohio. All right. My overrated, underrated. Oh, I'll give you a, I'll give you a dollar, Matt, if you can name the capital of Ohio before it was switched to Columbus. No, nor do I care. What? <laughs> Try Chillicothe, my friend. <laughs> okay. Chillicothe, Ohio. Former capital. All right, what's up? Caddyshack. Ooh, Caddyshack. One of the Who wrote greatest. That one? That's not my handwriting. I don't know whose handwriting that is. That might be Ellis. Caddyshack. Okay. Which one? The first one. Come on, there's no two there. Oh, two. One t- to me, two's the only one. <laughs> Delete the first one. Well, because you're from Ohio. I'm just like the B team of presidents. Oh, get out of here. The B team of Caddyshack. Get out of here. Uh, come on. One of the greatest comedies ever made. That's un- underrated, as far as I'm concerned. Well, here's the so so okay. yes, I agree, but but does that make it underrated? Because I think everybody rates it highly. But I think it I think it's rated right where it should be, which is at the top of the food chain. Yeah, I mean, like so that doesn't here, make it underrated. Fun. I got some fun facts about Caddyshack for you. You want to know them? No, I want to know. You're telling me this movie, which is clearly rated at the highest of all levels by everybody. But I don't think that's enough. So it's underrated. <laughs> what? What's mi- the key grips were were <laughs> in a class of their own? Like, what are you what are you what, talking here, about? Here, here's the one reason I think it's un- it's it's not rated high enough. It's underrated. It's a. Does it have to do Bill Murray? It's absolutely to do with Bill Murray. Does it have to do with fucking Gandhi? Do- no, it's the Dalai Lama or the Dalai Lama. One of those guys, Mother Teresa. Okay, few reasons. One, you know where Gandhi's from, right? Underrated. You know where Gandhi's from? <laughs> where? It's from Ohio. It's from Chillicothe. Stop. Okay, here's why it's underrated. Okay. One, you can't quote the, pr- the right person quoted in the movie. Therefore, it hasn't fully infiltrated your brain. And if it's one person's brain that hasn't been fully infiltrated, it needs to be everyone's brain. Okay, all right. Two, Fair enough. Yeah. There's only one scene between Ke- Chevy Chase and Bill Murray in the movie. Because mm-hmm. Chevy Chase and Bill Murray hated each other by the time this movie came out. But Howard Ramis was like, we got to fucking put a scene with you two dudes in it. Howard Ramis, the director, basically arranged for that one scene where they meet up in the, I think it's the, the golf, the golf uh, boat, uh, house. Sure. So... Underrated. Underrated because it needs more Bill Murray, Chevy Chase. Okay, but not go. as underrated as the great state of Ohio. All right, I'll hold my Caddyshack one up next to your Ohio one. We'll walk around the office and One of these, point- Matt, was written in all caps. I don't see Caddyshack in all caps there. That means nothing. It's it, because it's the best. 
All right. Okay. Let's get out of here. Right. Everyone, thank you for uh, being a part of the action. Make sure you tell your friends. Download, rate, subscribe, leave us comments, send us emails, podcast at thelaughbutton.com. Follow us on all the socials at the laugh button. Go to thelaughbutton.com for the latest in uh, reviews, interviews, news, and notes, and uh, all the nooks and crannies of comedy. We got it covered for you. And uh, you can follow us individually on Twitter. Uh, go ahead and give I'm us your... I'm at I am Kleinschmidt. It's the... It's my last name, dude. No, what are you going at to say? It's I am Kleinschmidt, right? I am A I A M Kleinschmidt. K-O. Oh, so it's spelled out I A M Kleinschmidt. Yes. I'm sorry. I I'm am. just making it really hard for everybody. Dude, here's why. I A M is three letters, and Matt is four, and it didn't work. Oh, <laughs> like, weird. Yeah, yeah. Okay. One letter short. I'm at Story Mark says hi. Uh, follow me on Twitter and merch store. But don't, because I'll just complain about Ohio. Dude, it's the best. <laughs> Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, baby. Maybe you won't complain. Trent Reznor. All right. from Ohio. Did you want to just start name dropping? No. I'm from Ohio. Yeah, that's why it's terrible. I did leave. I will say that. Hastily me. Dude, yeah. Every joke about Ohio is, you know what you can do with Ohio is pack up your stuff and leave. But do you know why I left? Trent Reznor didn't make it big until he left Ohio. Do you know why I left? LeBron James left Ohio, came back. Do you know why I left? Yeah. Because it's that much sweeter every time I go home. Hastily made Cleveland tourism video. Thank you.